whether that's through voter ID laws, whether that's through um, changing rules on absentee balloting or early voting um, or any of the other uh, techniques that can be used. And you can see in all of those states that very specific tactics were used. New laws were passed after 2011 that were not on the books previously. Um, And you can imagine very easily that 80,000 votes could have been in the balance there. Uh, There are studies that suggest some 300,000 votes in Wisconsin alone were affected by the uh, voter ID laws and new restrictions put into place. Um, So I do think in some ways you can say that redistricting and and the consequences of it played a role in electing Donald Trump. I also think that we elected a different kind of Congress from these gerrymandered districts after 2010. It became a more conservative Congress. It became a Congress that was less willing to to compromise. And that's because these districts are so safe and they're so uncompetitive. And the incumbent from whichever party represents it, the only thing that they're vulnerable to is a primary challenge. Um, They're not going to be defeated in a general election, whether they're a Democrat or a Republican. There's only about 25 swing seats really left in the country. In the rest of the time, all of these people are perfectly safe. The only thing they have to fear is a challenge from someone within their own base. So somebody further to the left or further to the right. And how do you get challenged by somebody further to the left or to the right? It's by cooperating with the other side. It's by trying to govern together and solve problems and work together. So we see a whole lot less of that in our politics now than we used to. Um, And it's changed the the tone and tenor of all of this. Um, It's accelerated the already hardened partisanship and polarization in the country. Um, And I think it creates the atmosphere in which a candidate like Donald Trump can be successful. If there are so few seats actually in play that actually are competitive, then what chances do Democrats have of winning those seats in 2018? I mean, is is it realistic to expect they have a shot at regaining the House or or winning the White House in 2020? Um, uh, You know, one should never say never in this political climate. Um, We ought to be really careful making any kind of predictions like that. But what we can do is look at what has happened across this decade. We now have examples of three different years in which elections have been run on these maps. And what we have seen is that no seats have budged in any of these swing states. And if the Democrats can't make gains in states like Michigan, where the delegation is 9-5, in states like Ohio, where the delegation is 12-4, Republican. It's very hard to see where you can find these seats. There have been lawsuits over some of these uh, redistrictings in Texas, North Carolina, Wisconsin. Uh, The Supreme Court's going to take up the Wisconsin case next term. In some cases, the courts have ruled that, yep, these lines were drawn unfairly. Is litigation the best chance of reversing gerrymandering? I think it might very well be. Um, Whenever these maps have come into 
the courts this decade. They have not fared well, and they have outraged uh, judges. So whether it's in Wisconsin, in North Carolina, in Maryland, in Florida, um, judges have not liked at these maps. The challenge there is that the, the Supreme Court has never in our history weighed in on what makes a partisan gerrymander unconstitutional. They have not wanted to go there. The courts do not want to arbitrate this. They have said that this is an inherently political process. Leave us out of it. There are a couple of short-term and long-term strategies here. As folks know in Michigan, the State House and State Senate are in pretty solid Republican hands. And it's the legislature in Michigan, as it is in many of these other gerrymandered states, that draws up at the lines after 2020. However, governors in all of these states have veto power over maps that they might think go too far. If the Democrats want a seat back at the table in 2021, they have to effectively win governor's races in Michigan, in Ohio, Wisconsin, Florida, and Pennsylvania. But the other thing we can do is look at serious long-term structural reforms to the system. There is a really interesting new act that was just introduced by Congressman Don Beyer of Virginia. It's called the Fair Representation Act. And what it does is it blows up the very concept of districting by making larger districts that are almost impossible to gerrymander and combining that idea of having multi-member districts and using ranked choice voting to elect folks. It sounds a little complicated. It's actually not that difficult. Uh, cities around the country use this, and it is a terrific tool for putting more choice in the hands of voters and trying to drown out some of the uh, toxic extremism that has helped uh, polarize our politics and, 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 and created this just a frozen map of red, of red districts and blue districts. 